My name is Neil Tobin, both in English and in Irish, and I am probably one of Ireland's greatest actors. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here today, but uh, you'll pay the price for it. Uh, my name is Dermot Defuita. I'm an actor and uh, sometimes writer. My name is A. O'Donnell. I'm a writer variously of drama, a certain amount of poetry and a lot of songwriting as well. I love, I love writing ly- song lyrics. So I am here to work on A. O'Donnell's new radio play, Dogecoin. It's a, a thriller set on the side of a mountain where you have a climber and a woman uh, who is recording a radio programme about the possibility of, well, uh, I don't want to give the game away, but uh, there is something dark and strange about this mountain and the truth will out. I think it started off with the word Dordecon, which I got from Doreen and Eakin Age's poetry. And a Dordecon in Irish means somebody who is inclined to be morose and prone to depression. But the word itself has a kind of a durch, a dark feel to it. And um, it kind of morphed into this idea of a mountain in Mayo that's called the Durkan or Ben Durkin in English. But there are dark rumours around that maybe there is some sort of a being or a monster that lives on the mountain. And until the priests tried to put an end to the superstition, the locals believed that there actually was something living on the mountain that they called the Durkorn. Well, I'd put it this way. I was born in 1929. Well, I'm an actor since I was... a professional actor since I was 23. I mean, I came to Dublin before my 17th birthday. I was, in fact, a civil servant, and uh, I used to do a lot of amateur drama, especially in Cravicatening of the Gaelic League, and uh, I used to do several, you know, we'd do plays for the Rachtas and all that, and uh, then I did a, a couple of broadcasts for Radio Erin when they came to have a, a new rep to build. They, they gave me a job and I've been there. I've retired from it a good while since, but I mean, I spent, spent about 30 years in radio and uh, I did a lot of work on on uh, the stage in the Abbey, the Gaiety, and I had a one-man show of my own and I tried, you know, I fooled everybody for about 40 years and I am now living on my ill-gotten goods and that's it. August Logan Gaitgiller foil most my ass. I started writing party pieces when I was about seventeen or eighteen. I drifted into poetry and I had three collections after that. But I was doing a bit of acting as well, and that gave me a taste for writing for stage. That's mainly what I do now is write for stage. Radio is interesting for certain kinds of subjects, because particularly with the one we're doing at the moment, if you're going for something that's a bit dark and mysterious, you're appealing to people's imagination, and that gives you scope that doesn't exist on stage. Well, I'm an actor since the late 80s, I suppose, and uh, there are a lot of actors out there, I think, who don't realise actually what good writers they are too, because, you know, when you're working in the business and on the craft and you're putting stuff on stage you develop an instinct for what works and what doesn't work you know and I think there are a lot of actors as they progress it's like their their inner writer and even their inner director begins to improve you know and um, so I found myself writing more now as I've gotten older my, my mother tells me this anyway 
that uh, we had a visitor to the house at some stage. He was a Scottish man, uh, and I would have been about 11 at this stage, you see. And um, when the visitor had gone, my mother said, my God, she said, you, you disgraced us. And I said, what's wrong? She said, you were mocking Mr. MacLeod all the time. I was imitating him. I didn't even know. And he was talking like that, you know. And I thought, why is he talking like that? And I was only about 11 or something. So anyway, it became a, a kind of a, a family thing that uh, Neil, he does all the... He, he imitates everyone, and that's it. And it turned out to be a very useful thing to do. The most successful thing from every point of view was when I played Brendan Behan in the Abbey's production of Borstal Boy. And I, as a result of the publicity I got from that, I was able to go to America. And because I had a Brendan Behan show, I was able to walk into plays all over you know, America because he was so well-known and it was a great thing to have. I mean, if I'd gone over there as, as Neil Topin... They would have said, who is this bastard? <laughs> you know, so it's it's funny how, how one thing can sort of carry you all around the place. You know, if if you make contact with the audience and you do that, you don't do it by ear or by eye or something. You, they're either listening to you and they're giving you back something in the way of reaction and it becomes more and more easy the longer you're going on. And on the other hand, sometimes it be, you know, if you don't, click with them. It's disaster until the end of the night. I was happily in the position about 10 years ago that I got a slightly early pension and now I'm able to spend as much time as I like doing what I want to do. I worked in the Central Bank of Ireland for nearly 40 years and I must admit that what happened, would you believe, two, my wife insists that I had two years after I left, the whole system collapsed and she's inclined to insist on a certain cause and effect. I know, but it makes me sad to see that the proud institution I worked in for a long time has been somewhat tarnished in what happened. But c'est la vie. And I've written quite a lot in the last 10 years. My output has increased significantly, which is the way I like it. Yes, I'm I'm doing a one-man show on the life and times of Parik O'Connor, who lived from 1882 to 1928. And a couple of people had been asking me about doing something 1916 related as part of the commemoration in this important year. And the more I thought about it, the more I felt that actually a revival of this one-man show I have would be the best option, because rather than being stuck on a single date, it gives a... Um, a broader view of the entire cultural, social, economic and political aspects of the time. The Celtic revival, the rise of socialism, something that people don't realise is that Parik O'Connor was an out-and-out socialist. Um, not People seem to mistake him for a little leprechaun in Air Square in Galway and nothing could be further from the truth. And also, I, I would regard him as the father of the modern Irish short story in terms of Prior to that, what you tended to get was people writing about, particularly when it came to the Celtic revival, um, the Fianna tales and the Fianna cycle and the Rúrich and Tuadadana and whatnot. But O'Connor looked to Eastern Europe and looked to the likes of Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, Gorky, Turgenev and all of those and started writing about the human being. Uh, if you take the story, Nora Varkashvig is the story of a young woman working as a prostitute on the streets of London. I mean, to even think that in those days was scandalous, you know. So he was um, 
he was way ahead of his time, I felt. And um, his whole life, of course, is peopled with all these wonderful characters. Uh, he was a, a good friend of Michael Collins, of Michal MacLeamore, knew all these people. Um, so his life is just this rich tapestry of colourful characters, both political and uh, theatrical in nature. I think it all simply derived from the fact that I spoke English and Irish at home and that people said, geez, he's a genius, definitely. He talks Irish and everything. <laughs> so then I was sort of marked down as, uh, give it to him, he can do the accents, yeah, he'll make a he do a mockery of him, no fear. And, uh, you know, it just happened with Olivier and with uh, Sir John. If you ask them, you know, what was I like? They'd say, never heard of him, dear boy. So <laughs> I, I've done everything that is possible to be done in radio, television, everything. And I said, I've been reasonably successful in all of them. And uh, what can I do? Only boast if I say any more. So. <laughs> In that edition of In the Wings, you heard writer Eo Donnell and actors Neil Thorveen and Diarmuid de Fuitza discussing Eo's play on Dorkion. The producer of In the Wings is Kevin Reynolds. <laughs>